a little bit different today and see if I can get you hooked in right away. So, Dave, you'll have to help me out over there, so you might want to stand up front. I don't know how you'll do it, but you can maybe do it at the pulpit there. So, um, I want somebody to give me a dollar. Somebody give Dave a dollar. Who's got a dollar handy? Whoever can hand me one the quickest. A dollar. A dollar, all right? I got a dollar. See my dollar? I got a dollar. Who was it on Little Rascals? I got a pickle, got a pickle, got a pickle. Some of you don't have a clue what I'm talking about. But I got a dollar. Okay? Um, the, more, the title of my message this morning is My Guarded Treasure. A lot of people, I won't even get into it. That's the title. Okay? I can take this dollar, spend this dollar, because I'm broke. This dollar. I can take this dollar. A lot of people in the world need a dollar. I remember when Keith and I didn't have a dollar. I remember specifically when we didn't have a dollar for gas. We were believing God for a dollar. I remember when we didn't have a dollar for food to eat. I remember those times. We didn't have a dollar. A dollar was a lot to us. I remember one day we opened up our refrigerator and absolutely all that was in that refrigerator was a shriveled up carrot and a dried onion. And you've heard Keith tell a days that he fasted and it wasn't because he was trying to be spiritual. It was because he didn't have any money. Now what I would like is I would like to see a hundred people pull out a dollar and hold it up in the air. Same thing in Branson. Dave, you're standing up there holding that dollar up, right? Put him on the screen. All right? A hundred people. Somebody stand up and count them as they come. Rob, Dan, y'all count with me. A hundred people come up here and put a dollar on this table. Let them count them as you do it so we can get a hundred. Take that dollar. Keep it. Okay, stop. Stop. Keep your dollars. 
Take your dollars back. No more dollars. Sorry. No more dollars. He counted them. Take your dollars back. I love you, but take your dollars back. You didn't see me, but along the way, I sowed that dollar that you that someone gave me. I sowed it. But I want you to see how quickly God can give you a hundredfold return. Now, you don't get the gist of it. How many of you have ever eaten your seed? Huh? How many of you have ever eaten your seed? Be honest. Put Branson on the screen. There they are. Dave's count. Dave, you can't have that money. We're going to do something else with that. As soon as you get, you got a, we got a hundred, you got a hundred, you got, you got a hundred. There's at least a hundred. That's what I figured. Okay. Thank you guys. Back to my title. My guarded treasure. When Keith and I first got a hold to the Word, we didn't know anything, hardly at all, about sowing and reaping. Not hardly at all. We didn't know anything about sowing and reaping. We didn't know anything about tithing. We didn't know anything about money at all, except for how to spend it and how to be broke. Devin, you got those pictures? Put one up at a time. Our home. It snowed there for the first time in 50 years, but it snowed that day. And so we took a picture of it. That's the only picture I have of our trailer. That is a 1969 Marriott mobile home that we put a window unit hanging out the back, as you can see. And um, it had um, red shag carpet. And a black, as Keith called it, um, imitation leather sofa. You know what that is? Plastic. Plastic. And the stove didn't work. The oven didn't work. The air conditioning didn't work. The heater didn't work. And it had um, a, not a two-by-four, but it had a one-by-two in the wall and paneling with zero insulation. Been there, done that? How many of you been there, done that? And here's the catcher. We could not even afford to buy that. His parents had to help us buy that. We couldn't afford it. We were two days out of high school. We had zero. 
And it wasn't long after that that the Lord dealt with us. Well, show, show the next one. That was his pickup truck. That, if you remember the story behind it, it was called Trigger. Why he called it Trigger, I have no idea. But when we went to school at Ramah, a friend of ours would invite us to go eat at the fanciest restaurant in town because he had a little bit of money, and we'd have to go in Trigger. And we'd go to downtown to go to eat, and we were dressed up as best as we could be dressed up. We didn't have much. And um, we'd go to get to downtown, and he was dressed up in his suit. He had, what, two suits? I think he's told you the story, two sport coats that he had to swap back and forth. Well, he had one of those on. And you ever seen a pickup with the shift on the column? Well, the linkage would stick, and we'd have to, even me, would have to get out, raise the hood, flip that little linkage thing, and then get back in and start it again and, and get ready to go. Well, that was trigger. But it got us where we needed to be. We loaded up that truck from Mississippi and drove it out to Oklahoma, and we looked like the Beverly Hillbillies. How many of you ever seen the Beverly Hillbillies? Just like that. Just like that. And everything we owned fit in there. So that should tell you something. And um, then put the next one. That was my special little car. That left us on the side of the road in the middle of the night. And the engine blew up. And we walked for like two hours in the freezing cold. That was how Keith and I started out. So I don't know. We had to get above water to even start at level because we owed for the trailer we owed for the car we didn't know for the pickup truck but we owed for those two things even to get started we had nothing and we did not know anything about sowing and reaping and we were broke Now put up on the screen, Dave, don't put that money in your pocket, leave it there. He wouldn't anyway. I just love picking on him. Put up on the screen and turn to your Bibles. I get to speak on my favorite scripture today. God is so good to me. He's my, I am his. You got it. Turn with me, if you would, to Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. We'll start. We'll read a little extra today. And we may get something different out of this than what we've gotten before. This is the NIV. This says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on the earth. Where moths and vermin. Do you know what a vermin is? Yeah, rodents and pests and rats and, you know. Gloria used to call possums vermin. Yeah. Vermin destroy or thieves break in and steal. Thus my guarded treasure title. People that 
have gotten a little bit of money have decided the best thing to do is put it in big bank accounts and invest it and do all these other things. There's nothing wrong with that. But we're going to get into some other stuff today. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermins do not destroy or where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there is your what? Everybody say it with me. Branson, say it. Everybody on the Internet. There is your heart, or there will your heart be also. The eye is the lamp of the body, and if your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness... How great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you'll hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot both serve God and money. And I'm going to add a few things to that. Bitterness, angriness, hatefulness, I was talking to somebody one day, and they were about to go through a divorce. And this just popped up in my heart. I had never thought about it before. And I've seen a lot of people that's gone through divorces. And so this just popped up in my heart. And I said, watch out for bitterness. I said, there's a lot of people that I have seen that's gone through divorces that's gotten bitter. And I said, it's led to cancer in their lives. I don't have anything but just seeing it. Seeing that happen. And I said, and this is what surprised me that popped up out of my heart. I said, you can't partition your heart. Do you know what I mean by that? You cannot have bitterness for this person in this side of your heart and love for everybody else in this side of your heart. Let me show you. Then I'm going to leave this up here. Guys, you're going to have to zoom in with me. We're going to have three illustrations going at one time. Can you handle it? Two people can. Can the rest of y'all handle it? Y'all are that smart, right? Yeah. All right. Okay. Let's, let's see if we can do it, do it all at one time. You know the money's up here, right? You remember that, right? I'm not taking it home with me. You can be assured. Okay. You can't have bitterness in your heart. You cannot partition your heart. Let's see how I can do this so that you guys can see me. I may have to get back at the back here. I'm going to use these bottles as your heart. Anybody in here ever gotten bitter? Anybody in here ever gotten really mad at somebody? Has the devil ever tried to make you really, 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 really mad? And it taken you more than a day or two days or three days or four days to get over it? He's trying to plant... (laughs) 
Yeah. He's trying to plant bitterness in your heart. And the Bible talks about, he talks about it like leaven. A little leaven does what? One bad apple. It's a song, ain't it? Who, who sang that? Michael Jackson or Donny Osmond or who sang that? Donny Osmond? Everybody's singing, saying me different names, you know. So anyway, somebody sang that song. You know, but anyways, it's not, that's not a scripture, but you know, it's, it's still, you know, still true. One, you ever had an apple in a bunch? What does it do? It's, it starts spreading, you know, but we'll use the scripture of 11, a little 11. Yeah. Cause Keith's probably watching. We better stick to the scripture today. Okay. We won't say anything ugly about him either. No, I'm just joking. Just joking. Okay, this is like bitterness. We're going to call this your root of bitterness. Okay? I want to show you what one drop. Now, this is just water, but I want it to signify what it will do. I want you to see if it partitions off anywhere. What does one drop, one drop, get ready to zoom in, guys. One drop, I want you to watch what this does just for one second. Watch what it does. Is it staying in one spot? What's it doing? That's like your heart. And I just want you to kind of keep watching it throughout while we're talking. What does bitterness do in your life? Does bitterness affect the other person? What's bitterness in your life doing to the other person? What's it doing here? It's staying partitioned in that tiny spot in your heart that... You know, you've just got it hidden away, and it's not really bothering anybody else. You just know that's kind of still there. That's kind of the way it is with the light in your eyes. It kind of cuts that light off just a little bit. Because what it does is it kind of starts to condemn you just a little bit when you start to believe for things in your life. Because you know you got this bitterness hidden just a little bit in your heart there. And that's exactly what the devil wants. So what we have to do is, look at it. How much is it spread all over your heart? It's going all over. It's not state. One drop of bitterness can spread all over your body, all over your life, all over your heart. It's not going to stay in one spot. It's better if we keep it clear. So all you have to do, clear your heart. Just say, I'm not having that in my life. Let's keep reading. How easy is it to keep your eyes clear, your heart clear? You can't serve two masters. You can't serve the devil with bitterness and say, I'm going to keep this bitterness and be mad at them. Or I'm going to keep this hate and be mad at them. Or I'm going to do this and be... You can't serve two masters. You got it, right? Takes about 30 seconds to get rid of it. Say, I'm getting rid of it. 
Okay, do it. No bitterness in my life. Get out of here. Bitterness. Clean. Not going to think about it anymore. Don't think about it anymore. It's just that easy. Just that easy. Okay? If it comes back, just say no. No bitterness. It's not hard. The devil tries to make it hard, but he's under our feet. Okay? All right. So then let's keep going. Verse 25. You there? You got your Bible? Okay. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry. Do not worry. Put up the Amplified there for just a second. Verse 25. Hello. (laughs) What happened to our Amplified? Therefore, I tell you, stop being perpetually uneasy, anxious, worried about your life. What you shall eat or what you shall drink or about your body, what you shall put on. This says, the King James says, take no thought. But perpetually uneasy. Because some people like, don't like to say they're worried. So I changed it for you. I gave you the Amplified. Christians don't like to say they're worried about anything. Right? Right? So, the Amplified says, perpetually uneasy. So, you don't even have to confess that you're worried. You're just perpetually uneasy. Okay? About what you're going to eat. Keith and I were worried. We were not perpetually uneasy. We were worried about where we were going to get his tuition. We were worried about gas for the car. We were worried about clothes he was going to have for school. I had to learn how to cut his hair. I remember the first time I cut his hair. Can you imagine? I had never cut hair in my life. And I remember the first time I sat a chair in the bathtub. Because I didn't want hair going everywhere. I didn't know what to do. And I got a pair of my sewing scissors, great big. We could not afford to send him anywhere to get a haircut. A haircut cost $10 or $15 at that time. We didn't have $10 or $15. Do you understand? $10 or $15 would feed us for a week. Wow is right. We didn't have it. So I had to learn how to cut his hair. And I'd pray, Unshundai, Rondai. Yeah, untie my bow tie. (laughs) Whatever it was at the time. Because I didn't know how to cut hair. But he needed a haircut because there were rules at Ramah that you couldn't have your hair past your collar. And so if it grew for a little bit, and his hair grows fast... And if it grew for a little bit, about every other week or every week, he'd have to have a haircut. Boy, I got good at it. So I still cut his hair. 
But you can learn a lot of stuff if you have to. But it's real easy to worry about these things. Keep going. Um, What you shall wear. Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store in barns. But yet your heavenly Father feeds them. It didn't say he feeds everybody. It says whoever calls him their what? Father. Your heavenly Father. Say, my heavenly Father. father. Your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a simple hour to your life? You can take one from it, but you can't add one. And why do you worry about your clothes? See how the flowers of the fields grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. Is that how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire? Will he not much more clothe you? You of what? Little faith. So do not worry. Or do, what was that other saying? Perpetually uneasy. Don't be perpetually uneasy. Saying, what we're going to eat, what we're going to drink. What are we going to wear? For the pagans run after these things. Or the ungodly run after these things. But your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Amen. But seek ye first. What? The kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, don't be perpetually uneasy about tomorrow or worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be perpetually uneasy or worrying about itself. Each day has enough trouble on its own. What I'm here to talk to you about today is how much your Heavenly Father loves you. There's people... That's been in the churches 10 years here, 20 years in Branson. They haven't really captured or got a hold to not being broke. And I've prayed about it. And I've said, Lord, what is the deal? Brother Moore, how many times has he taught on giving? Every Sunday. Every Sunday he teaches on it. And I'm like, Lord, what is the deal? What What's happening? Why haven't people grabbed hold to what the deal is? Why are people still in the same spot that they were when they came to the church? Or maybe a little bit better. And Keith has told us, but I, I don't think it's registered on some people. Did you see how quickly I had that $1 bill and how quickly people, we had $100 bills. 
Let me read this verse, then we're going to get into the rest of it. 1 Samuel 2.8. And this needs to become, in everybody's Bible, marked, highlighted. If you've had any trouble with finances, it needs to be marked and stars and put on your refrigerator and and this is the NIV because this was Keith and I if there was a verse that was us this was it he raises the poor from the dust he lifts the needy from the ash heap He sits them with princes and has them inherit a throne of honor. How many of you would be honest enough in here that says, I still have some a little bit of needy in me? You can't get better if you don't at least admit it. You're not making a bad confession. Christians, you know, have had this tendency to, I don't want to say anything, but, you know, sometimes you have to acknowledge where you are to, to change. That was Keith and I. You saw where we were. Keith had to acknowledge, you've heard him tell, he had to acknowledge we were broke. You've heard him tell the stories about how he got on the bed and said, Lord, what are we doing wrong? Where are we missing it? And the Lord told him, Keith, read Haggai. He read it once. Read Haggai again. I don't know how many times he read it. I don't think he remembers how many times he read it. It's a bunch. But what he came away from it with was Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Now, I've told you this before, but I think this is the part that has not registered on people's hearts. And I don't know how to get it. (laughs) Is the excitement. My guarded treasure. Would be. The word excitement. That's what changed in Keith and I. Was our excitement to give. We had maybe, well I know what we had. We had five dollars. You've heard the story. We had five, we had ten dollars to our name. At the time, ten whole dollars, and we—I remember it specifically. It's like Edward and Jade sitting here in a service. Okay, we were kind of in the middle of the back. It was an auditorium that had a slant to it. We were in our blue jeans. We didn't have anything better to wear. Kenneth was speaking, first time we'd ever heard him in person in an auditorium in Jackson. We had to drive an hour, which was a lot for us because it spent our gas money. You have to understand. To go that far is spending your gas money that you need for the whole week to get to work. Okay? But we went. Because we'd been listening to Brother Kenneth for a while. And we thought this was important. 
And we went. And the offering came. Now, Brother Kenneth didn't ask us to give him a dime. Now, you've heard Brother Kenneth's offerings. It's about you receiving when you give. Okay? If any minister... Now, you're listening to me, right? Ever tells you to give or commands that you give or pressures you to give, you put your billfold back in your purse or in your rear pocket or in your coat pocket or whatever. Everybody hear me? Raise your hand if you heard me. If anybody commands that you give or pressures you to give, you put your billfold back in your pocket. Because the Lord will never pressure you. He said, I love a cheerful giver. An excited giver. A prompt to do it giver. Yes, we receive offerings. But every time Keith teaches, he's teaching you how to benefit from your giving. He's telling you about a project that's going on. That if you want to be a part of it and how you can get returns from it, that's left up to you. Nobody has to give. But I remember specifically, we were sitting in the back, and Keith looked at me and I looked at him. He said, we got enough gas? No. He didn't say any of that stuff. He didn't say, do we got enough food to eat this week? No. It was the very first time, because we had always done that. We're talking about how much we got, what do we got? He said, how much money you got on you? I said, $10. He said, okay, give five. It's half. That's like the widow. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? She gave all she had. We gave half of what we had. Because we had seen a tape out there in the foyer. On Gloria's, a little brown cassette tape that had those flip covers. Did anybody ever see those? Okay had a cassette and had a little and it was God's will is prosperity. And so it was five dollars. So we gave five in the offering and we bought that little cassette tape for five dollars. And we joined hands and we prayed and we prayed in faith. And we were more excited about that five dollars than if we had bought a pot of gold. And our excitement level started from that day. Our excitement about giving. Now, I'm not just talking about in an offering. I'm talking about our excitement about giving to the things of God and the people of God started that day. Our excitement. Say excitement. Started that day. Now, the only way that you are going to come up financially is if your heart is in your giving. Amen. Amen. Say that with me. The only way I'm going to come up financially is if my heart is in my giving. Don't be concerned. I'm not receiving another offering. And that there is an excitement in your giving. If I give Rob 
money. I'm excited to give him money. I'm excited that I have money to give. Because there was a time I didn't have it. And I'm no longer concerned I'm going to run out. I no longer look at, am I going to have enough to make it through the week? Because I know how quickly... How many of you have ever invested money? I have. How many of you... Somebody yell out the greatest amount of investment, if you want to, you've ever heard of on return on your investment. No, no, not in the, God, in the world, in a bank, in an investment. 12%? That's a really good investment. Anybody want to holler out a number? 18%? From, that's from God. You, you got 200% investment from a person? That's a rarity. You better find that investment again. <laughs> My point is, how many investments in the world do you know promises to give you 30, 60, 100-fold return on your giving without strings. Without strings. You don't have to promise your firstborn, and you're not going to lose it. There's no chances of losing it. The only catch is there is a catch. You have to do it with excitement. You can't just put something in the plate and think, have I got enough? And don't even pay attention to what you're doing. You have to be excited about your giving. I know of people that started out excited about giving. And their finances grew. When they first came to the Lord, they started out being very excited about their giving and their finances grew. Then they quit being excited. They started buying some things that they wanted and buying some things that they needed. And they started thinking not about the Lord anymore, but about what? Their selves. And what happened to their finances? They went down. Or they lost them. Or they lost their joy. The only way that you can prosper in the Lord is with your heart. The Lord looks at the what? The heart. How many of you will be honest and say, Oh, I've given, but my heart wasn't in it. You don't have to raise your hand because I can look and see when people are not prospering, they're not giving cheerfully. Because God is not a liar. 
He, he doesn't lie. And so if we give cheerfully and we do it with excitement and we don't do it in fear. We don't do it thinking, I could really use that money. We do it with an excitement. God, I know this money every time. Say every time. Every time. Say every time. Every time. Every time. I give. I am expecting 30, 60, 100 fold return on my giving. Are you? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Are you changing it right now to get it? Huh? Amen. Have you been doing that? Every time you put your offering in the plate, does your heart rejoice? And you're thinking, I just released to get. This was $100. I'm expecting 30, 60, 100 fold return on this. Glory to God. I'm going to have more than I need to. I know I'm going to have. Glory to God. I don't see it. Do you see that from the person next to you when they put their offering in the plate? Huh? How many of y'all see that from the person next to you when they put their offering in the plate? Huh? We got, hey guys, we got to be honest. If we want the blessings of the Lord, we got to look at the truth. You know me, I'm going to tell you the truth. We got to be excited. Our heart has to be excited about giving to the Lord. About when he deals you, go go give that money to Carrie. Go give that money to this person. Go give that money to that person. Okay, there's somebody in here that almost has to have $100 next week to pay a bill. Who is it? Who? You? All right. Here you go. Now, the same in Branson. Dave, who is it? Show Branson. Joe Branson. Joe Branson. Who is it? Somebody there. You got him? All right. He's got him. Just give him all of that money up there on the pulpit. Don't save none for yourself. Give him all of it. There you go. There you go. God loves us. He put these verses in here. Say for me. He doesn't want me anxious. Say that. He doesn't want me perpetually uneasy. He doesn't want you perpetually uneasy about anything. About anything. He doesn't want her perpetually uneasy about anything. He doesn't want you poor. He doesn't want you broke. He's already taken care of that. Amen. 
needs us to do is trust Him. Give to Him with excitement, expecting that what He said is true. What He said is true. That's what Keith and I started doing. We started giving. You've heard the story. We gave our tithes and we started with 12%. Then we started with 14%. Then we started with, I don't know what we are now with above, I think we're like 40% above our tithes, personally. And that's not even counting. I can't even tell you what we give above that. Jordan tries to keep a log of it, but we run out of time to write it down half the time about what we hand out. Just this week, she counted, what, I don't remember, thousand plus, just handing out a hundred here, a hundred there, a hundred here, a hundred there. Joy. 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 You have a joy in making other people's day better. Giving them a smile. You have a joy. You'll be surprised. I was in, and I never do this, but I had a doctor's appointment clear on the other side of town, and there's a golden corral over there. Does anybody know it? Clear. There's one over there. And I thought, I never get vegetables, so I went in there and got some green beans and some, you know, I'm from the south, you know, New Orleans, but then I went to Mississippi with Keith, so I got a couple of vegetables, you know. And I was just by myself that day. And uh, there was a lady in there, and uh, I didn't know her, but I left her a $100 tip. And she didn't look at it until she walked away, and she looked at it, and she just broke down crying. And she came back to the table, and she just started dancing, and she said, The Lord took care of me. The Lord took care of me. The Lord took care of me. Right there in front of everybody in the restaurant. She didn't care who saw it. She said, I asked him this morning, I said, Lord, I've got to have something for my kids this week, and I've got to have it, and I've got to have it. And said, the Lord took care of me. And she didn't care who knew it. Now, does that make your day, or does that not? Can't that excite you? I mean, that excites me. It excites me. It makes me happy. That I can do that for somebody else. Somebody else that is believing for something. And it will put them over. And it will make their day like that. Now you may not have a hundred dollars to leave on a table. But honey, you can start with your one. And that one can quickly multiply to a hundred. But if you don't ever start with your one with excitement, you ain't ever going to have a hundred. Now, I've told you these things before, but I don't think people have been doing it. <laughs> because if you've been doing it, you'd have smiles on your faces when you come in here. Because the joy of the Lord would overtake you. When you go in places and you make people happy, it rubs off on you. When you do things like that and you make your family happy, it rubs off on you. You can make somebody that's mad at you love you. 
make somebody that hates you want to hug you. The Bible said, make friends with money. He called it mammon, but what is mammon? Money. Read your Bible. It's in there. Take my word for it. It says it. It's in there. Yeah. It's in there. Read your scriptures. Guys, we can come up to another level. But we got to get excited about this. We got to get excited about this. We have got to find that every time we give, we get, when that thought comes up, have I got enough to do this? Don't just give your ties. Give your ties. Sow. When you sow, you're giving your ties, you're sowing your ties, then you sow above that. I don't care if it's a quarter. Start with a quarter. Then with a dollar. Then with two dollars. And do it with joy. Do it. I don't care if you get up and dance. But do it however you have to do it to sow it with joy. Because it's the cheerful giver. God. How many places in the Bible does it say God loves something? God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver. Do you want God to love you? God loves a cheerful... So what is the devil going to do? He's going to do his best to keep you from being what? Cheerful. Cheerful. Immediately he's going to come to you and he's going to say, Oh, now wait a minute. You got your light bill. You got your phone bill. You got to have gas for your car. You got your insurance. You got your car payment. Oh, and don't forget your kids. Their tennis shoes is flapping. Amen. You cannot give that this week. Cut back on even your ties, much less give. Amen. Right? And immediately there goes the what? The cheerful. What you've got to do, if you have to, you just stand up and stomp him. Or you just stomp him under your feet. Or you just do whatever you have to do. And you get your cheerful back. Because if God loves a cheerful giver, then the devil's going to do everything he can to take your cheerful away from you. So, therefore, I'm going to guard my treasure. I'm going to guard the treasure of me being able to come up and up and up. Don't kid yourself. It happened to Keith and I more than you can imagine. I mean, we would be getting just a little bit ahead and the washing machine would break or this would break or this would break or this would break. But when we put God first, when we started putting God first, what does Malachi say? My, one of my, my second favorite verses. The devourer is rebuked for my sake. I don't even have to rebuke him. 
He's already rebuked. Amen. Our finances started coming up and not because we were making any more money, but because the washing machine quit breaking and the car quit breaking and we quit having to go to the doctor and the kids quit getting sick and the light bill went down. How it went down, I don't know, but it went down. Maybe the weather changed. But the devourer became rebuked for our sakes. Do you want the devourer rebuked in your Are you sick and tired of everything in your life falling apart? Everything breaking. All your employees quitting. That's because the devil has an open door. Yeah, I tied this week, but for two months, uh, you know, we got behind on these bills and we had to pay our payroll taxes. You know, you, you go, you'll go to jail if you don't pay your payroll taxes. Do you know what the devil will do? He will make it every month to where you don't have the money to pay your payroll taxes. He'll find something to make sure you don't pay your tithes or give your tithes. I'm saying pay, but it's not pay. It's giving your tithes. It's an honor to give to the Lord. Because you give to Him, you see how quickly He can give back to you. You put Him first. It gives the Lord. When you put the Lord first in your life, not only does it rebuke the devourer, but it gives Him... The opportunity to release ministering spirits that you can't even see in your life to go forth and start bringing the money in. Did you see? It's just like what you saw this morning. Just think of that picture every time you think about it. All the people coming up and bringing those $1 bills or just like the ministering spirits in your life, going forth, causing the money to come in. But every time you perpetually get uneasy, you begin to waver. And you begin to cast your confidence aside. And all you have to do is you have to get back up and stand your ground and say, nope, 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 nope. I sowed. I gave. Amen. The Lord's working it out. Amen. Ministering spirits are causing that money to come in on my behalf. I'm a cheerful giver. Amen. And you may have to do that in the beginning a hundred times a day. But you know what? Today in our lives, the devil doesn't attack us as much on finances as he used to when we first got saved 40 years ago. He doesn't do what he did to us 40 years ago. He knows immediately. I don't let him have a button off of a shirt. I don't let him steal a rug. I don't let him. If Keith gets a spot on the shirt, we get it out. I'll stand there and I'll put some shout on it and I'll pray in the spirit and get it out. Even if the shirt's worn slap out, I ain't letting him have it. If I want to throw it away, I'll throw it away. Do you understand that? 
the devourer does not get our stuff. It's amazing how long our stuff will last. I'll tell you, Dave, you clean that carpet, you pray in the Spirit. They have a spot up there in the carpet in, in Branson. Put the camera on it, Dave. Look at this. Look at this water. How, how much of your heart did it not overtake? All of it. Y'all put the camera on that spot in Branson. Dave had to pray. He had to use his spade. Bless his heart. Are y'all awake up there? Branson, Branson. Dave, show him. He's pointing to it. Zoom in. Look, there's no spot. He had to clean it. It was a bad old water spot. And he kept having to use his faith. And he'd get down there on his knees and pray in the spirit. I got him to pray one way or the other. (laughs) One way or the other, he had to pray. That's what you have to do. The devourer is... You you have to put something with it sometimes. But the devourer is rebuked in your life. He can't just take your stuff. But God has promised us. He loves... When God makes a promise... Say this with me. When God makes a promise... He cannot lie. He cannot lie. He's promised us if we sow... We get 30, 60, 100 fold. There's, I think, six, seven, eight places. I'm not going to tell you. Do you want to know where they are? You want to know where they are? In the New Testament that says 30, 60, 100 fold? You want to know where they are? Who wants to know where they are? Go look them up. <laughs> It'll make you appreciate them more. There's some in Genesis. There's some in Mark. There's some in Matthew. There's some in Luke. It'll make you appreciate it more if you have to find them for yourself. They'll stick with you better than me just standing up here and telling them to you in 30 seconds. It's like I tell my niece, find that for yourself. You'll understand it better. Guys, we have to seek ye first, God. I never once... I don't sit around and think about what I want. I don't, I've got on here, you know, the excitement of giving, the excitement of giving, the excitement of giving. I've got it on here four times. I remember, I'll tell you a couple of stories before we go. We started giving. I remember, Keith tells it all the time about me cleaning out my closet. How many of you remember that story? I remember we were having to, to go to all these meetings, and Keith's on the platform. He's an instructor, you know, so it kind of mattered what I wore. We were sitting up front. We were sitting, you know, it was kind of important. And if we got any money, I felt like it needed to go to Keith's clothes, not my clothes. Do you understand that? He's on the platform. I'm sitting in the crowd. But I just felt so embarrassed about what I had to wear. I mean, we never had to dress up. All I had basically was blue jeans and uniforms because I worked in doctor's offices. So that's all I had. So one day, we're learning about giving. And there was this lady that came in. 
from the Philippines. And she was talking about how many they had there that just had abs. There's always people that have less than you. You know that? You should be thankful for what you do have. There's always people that have less than you. You should never be unthankful. You should always be thankful for what you do have. Okay? You had enough to get here today. So you should always be thankful. So I was laying there thanking the Lord for what I did have and asking him for what I should do. And he reminded me of her. Her name was Ruth Baker. And her and her husband, Owen Baker, um, were missionaries to the Philippines for decades and decades and decades. And uh, they had built all sorts of stuff there. And uh, she was telling me about the people there, how they needed some clothes. And again, I didn't have a lot, but what I did have was um, stuff that they could wear. They might not have needed it for church and stuff. So, I mean, I absolutely cleaned my closet almost spotless. There was hardly anything left in it. And I gave it to her. Bags and bags of clothes that I had. You know, they weren't, I don't even know if today Keith would let me put them in Celebration Sunday. If that makes you understand what they were. But they were what I had. And the next week, or the next week, it may have been two weeks, I don't, I don't remember, but a week or two, this lady came in the office. And she said, she had these big old bags with her. It's like eight or ten big bags, shopping bags, you know, like you'd get at the mall. And she said, I don't know if you can wear this stuff. But I just wanted to bring it in to you and see if you could wear it. And I was busy at work, and I didn't get to open it then. But I I said, I'll sure try it. I could sure use some stuff. I didn't know what kind of clothes it was. I didn't know what it was. And I took it home, and I started opening the bags. It was dresses that I had to have. Because you could only wear dresses to these services. Rhema Code. That still had the price tag still on them. High quality that I couldn't have afforded for 10 more years. But I sold that stuff to her. Nobody making me. She didn't ask me for it. She just happened to tell me about what was going on down there. And that if I heard of anybody that might have some stuff they wanted to sew, they could use it. And the Lord dealt with me to do it, and I did it, and He provided for me almost instantly. Now, here's the thing about the Lord. He knows where you are, and He loves you. There's nobody in this whole wide world that loves you more than He loves you. And He is going to take care of you. He is not going to let you worry or be perpetually uneasy or let you be an embarrassment or be embarrassed or make you feel embarrassed. If, say if, If. you're putting His things first. And that's what that was for, to put Him first. He's not going to give to you to go out and party. Now, if I'd have wanted those clothes to go out to the nightclubs on the weekends, I don't think I'd have got them quite that quick. 
but they were to do kingdom business. Then I gave away cars. I can't remember how many cars I ended up giving away. And I remember, you want a funny story? Nobody does. We'll just quit. (laughs) So I gave away some cars. And um, I love giving. I just, it's in me. I love it. Ever since the beginning, I just, I love it. I love giving. And I gave away some cars. And one one day after church, this couple came up to us. And um, they were talking to Keith and I, and we were kind of uh, in the back of the church there in Branson. And um, the gentleman said, he said, uh, we wanted to give you this. And um, it was, uh, Keith, uh, Keith's not here. One of the guys may remember. It was, the, yeah, it was the Mustang. What? It was a GT, and it had a four... 50 engine. Somebody's laughing. It was, it, it was a real hot rod Mustang. And they had just come out with them and it'd go really fast, you know. And it, Keith thought for sure it was for him. <laughs> and the guy reached out the keys and he said, Brother Keith, you know, I just really felt like this was for Miss Phyllis. And that's what I want to get across to you. Yeah, it was a Shelby Mustang. Yeah, there you go. A Shelby. And um, and I wanted to get this across to you. God will get it to you. Do you understand that? He will call your name out and get it to you if you're a giver. It doesn't matter if you're married. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what your condition is. I don't wait on Keith to give me stuff. I love him, and he gives me stuff all the time. He walks in from a trip, and he'll say, Phil, I got this. What do you you need? Where do you want to go? But I don't wait on him. I give, and the Lord takes care of me. And he will call your name out. And he'll pass over Jade, and he'll pass over Edward, he'll pass over everybody in the row. If you give, and he'll say, I want you to have this. And he'll knock on your door and say, this is for you. And I won't ever forget that. Because he's done it several times. People will give money, and they say, this is for Miss Phyllis. And I just smile. (laughs) but you have to get excited about the things of God don't let other things in your life outweigh the excitement for God don't let other don't ever get to a point in your life where you lose your excitement for God or your excitement for giving Ever. Don't ever get to a point where you think, you know, I've got what I want. I think I'll quit giving so much, you know. Or, No. Make it a point to where even if you've gotten better and you're not so broke or whatever, make it a point. Make it a point to stir yourself up. Stir yourself up. 
and give. Get excited about it. Wake up in the morning and say, Lord, who, who am I supposed to give something to today? Who am I supposed to give something to today? Look in your house. Look in your car. Look, in, look someplace. Give something. And give bigger all the time. Amen. Make it a point to give bigger than you've ever given. Don't get stagnant like a pond. Because it's not about you. It's about like that woman in that restaurant. We can bring joy to people's life. We can change people's lives. I've had people that were not saved that I've given money to. And they'll start asking me. I, I do it over a period of time. And they'll start asking me about who I am. I don't tell them where the church is. They end up at church. How many of you are going to get more excited about giving? That's not everybody. Let's try it again. How many of you are going to get more excited about giving? Woo! That, uh, well, check your excitement meters. A hand is not excitement. Huh? Okay. Let's prove it. Everybody get up and give somebody something. Somebody get my phone case out of the back. Get my phone case out of the back. If you want to. Hey, nobody's making you. If you want to give, here's you an opportunity. Give somebody something. I don't care if it's a quarter, if it's a pencil. Or if it's a button. Or if it's a pair of shoes. Or if it's a coat. Keith has come home so many times without shoes, without coats, without money. Without stuff. Find somebody you don't know. Move around. Get up. Make yourself friendly. Show yourself friendly. We're going to stand up anyway, so just stand up. Find somebody. Find somebody. Stand up. You can sew it twice. It's okay. Sew it twice. There you go. There you go. I ain't giving Jade one. Here you go. Here you go. That's all I got. So I ran out. What I want you to know is how faithful God is. He does not want you uneasy about your finances. He does not want you worried about your finances. You have to, you have to make adjustments about bitterness, anxiety, worry. Get it out. Start afresh. Start anew. Clear it like this other one. Then get excited about giving. Get excited about serving God. Nobody, nobody can make you that way. There's not a sermon in the world that can make you excited about serving God. It's something you be. 
something you decide to be is excited about God. You wake up in the morning and you talk to Him and you fellowship with Him. It's something you choose to be. I'm excited about God because I love Him. I love my husband. I'm excited when he comes home. I don't care how many times he comes home, I'm excited. Are you excited to give? How many of you sincerely saw some adjustments you needed to make? Yeah, we all do. We can, we can grow. We can change. So let's just pray. They're going to sing. We'll pray something about this. I'll have somebody else come up and do an altar call. Father God, you know our hearts. We love you, Lord. I know you love us. You've already given everything you can give. You said you were made poor so that we could be made rich. Say that with me. Lord, you were made poor so that we could be made rich. It doesn't take forever. Just an adjustment in our hearts. I make that adjustment today. I'm rich in the Lord. And it starts today. I'm excited about the changes in my life. Devil, you're rebuked in Jesus' name. Now thank him for it. Thank you, thank you, thank you.